On Sunday, the Washington Mystics posthumously inducted Nikki McRae-Penson into the team's Hall of Fame, and Washington Mystics beat writer at the next, Jen Hatfield, is here to recap the touching ceremony and discuss McRae-Penson's legacy. Jen will also provide a Mystics injury update, as well as discuss where the team's playoff hopes stand and the importance of Ariel Atkins' contract extension. Ogumba Wallet for the win! You are Locked On Women's Basketball, your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hello and a happy Tuesday. You are locked on to women's basketball. I'm Natalie Heverin and I'm a features writer and the Athletic 10 beat reporter for the next. Thanks for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On Women's Basketball is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA or promo code LockedOnNBA for a free white tech hat with any purchase. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Today, we'll be chatting about the Mystics inducting Nikki McRae-Penson into the team's Hall of Fame, which injured players have returned, the team's playoff hopes, and Ariel Atkins' contract extension. Joining me today is the next Washington Mystics and Ivy League beat writer and managing editor, Jen Hatfield. If this is your first time listening to Locked on Women's Basketball, we at The Next have over 100 reported pieces every single month. We have a beat reporter on every single WNBA team. So get that YouTube subscription up to make sure you catch when every episode drops and you can support us by subscribing to The Next. $9 a month, $72 a year at thenexthoops.com. So Jen, last month, uh, as we know, Nikki McRae-Penson passed away and Mystics announced that she would be inducted into the team's Hall of Fame. On Sunday afternoon, you were there live to witness the uh, induction. Starting off, uh, even prior to the Hall of Fame ceremony at halftime, how did the Mystics honor McRae-Penson, who played for the team from 1998 to 2001? Yeah, so kind of the first visible sign of things came uh, over a week ago on August 13th, when the Mystics started wearing uh, small patches on the shoulder of their jerseys that said Nikki number 15. So um, they carried that through uh, Sunday's game, continuing to wear those. Um, and then, you know, on Sunday itself, um, Eric Tivo and his pregame uh, media availability wore a retro Mystics uh, teal and bronze uh, T-shirt, which was a nod to the, to the era that McCray Penson uh, played in. Um, you know, there was a decal on the court. Um, there were warm-up shirts that the entire team was wearing and, and that opposing head coach uh, Latricia Trammell of the Dallas Wings also wore during the game in what was a very nice touch. Um, there were these black warm-up shirts with, with McCray Penson's 15 and um, a breast cancer ribbon uh, honoring, you know, symbolizing the, the disease that, that took her life. Um, so she was kind of everywhere um, throughout the arena. There were highlight videos um, interspersing uh, that era of clips with some uh, of the Mystics' current team. Just just little reminders everywhere. And can you take me through the ceremony? Who spoke and what did they say? Yeah, so so the uh, MC for the day was the Mystics' longtime uh, play-by-play announcer, Megan McPeak, um, and she did a great job of, of just uh, getting through everyone. So remember, this was a halftime ceremony, so um, the Mystics had actually worked it out with the Wings to give them a little bit of extra time, um, have halftime take a little bit longer than it usually does, but 
you know, you, you quite literally don't have all day. So um, it needs to be a well-organized performance. And McPeak did a great job. Um, so they, they showed a, a video that was narrated by Don Staley, who is um, McRae Pinson's former teammate on uh, Team USA. Um, and then we heard remarks from a couple of the Mystics Hall of Famers who were inducted last year in their inaugural class, um, in, including Muriel Page and Shamiqua Holtzclaw. Um, and then after that, Mystics General Manager Mike Tebow spoke briefly. And then uh, with the help of McCray Penson's 10-year-old son, Thomas, uh, a, a banner was unveiled in the rafters showing all of the names of the um, Hall of Fame inductees. Uh, you know, what were some of the highlights? I know we were talking offline about uh, a couple stories in particular um, from that ceremony. Yeah, so, so you know, really everyone who spoke was great, offered very, you know, it, they got emotional, but offered great stories. It was, it was challenging. It was bittersweet, um, as current Mystics guard Brittany Sykes said post-game, the entire uh, current Mystics team, or, or at least most of them, were, were sitting on the team's bench, kind of in the shadows watching, um, which was kind of a, a cool juxtaposition of old and new there. But, um, you know, to answer your original question, um, you know, Muriel Page, the, the Mystics true original, the first player signed by the franchise, uh, she told a, a very funny story about how um, at the team's old arena, which uh, is known today as the Capital One uh, Arena, but then was known as the MCI Center, um, after practices, uh, Paige would stop as she as she drove out of out of the parking lot. She would stop her car and, and start signing autographs. Uh, and you know her teammates would 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 say in practice, you know, Muriel, you're you're holding up the the line of cars. We're, we're all trying to get out. Um, but what she said she was doing was just making sure that uh, players like McCray behind her and and Holdsclaw, who were the team's two stars, that. Uh, the fans could get get all their autographs. You know, Paige joked, they don't want my autographs. Uh, they used to thank me for, for making sure that I could get Nikki McRae's autograph. Um, so that was just a really um, wonderful story, you know. And then Holdsclaw talked about growing up, uh, McRae Penson was a few years older than her and just um, how Holdsclaw saw who, who McRae Penson was at Tennessee and wanted to be like that. And eventually became her teammate and, and was kind of still following her around a little bit, but they were the team's two stars. And, um, you know, in, in something that, that reminded me a lot of uh, Brittany Sykes and Natasha Cloud, who've, who've been starring for the Mystics lately with all these injuries, um, you know, Holtzclaw talked about how she and McCray Penson could uh, get on each other, really hold each other accountable and then go to dinner, you know, later that day as if nothing happened. So, um, a lot of really good, you know, personal memories, some jokes, some fun nicknames. Um, you know, it was, it was just a really, a, a really heartfelt ceremony, especially by those two uh, speakers who were live and who were her teammates. Um, you know, Mike Tebow spoke briefly, but really wanted to, to um, put most of the attention on, uh, you know, the alums, the teammates and, and, and that experience. Um, I know McCray Penson, uh, after she passed away, there were several Mystics fans that came to the game that day in her jersey. What was the fan response like uh, Sunday afternoon? Yeah, pretty similar. Um, you know, they it was a sellout crowd. Uh, it was clear that they wanted to honor McCray Penson. Um, there were several vintage jerseys and shirts in the arena, um, many of them for McCray, but not all of them. I definitely saw a Holtzclaw jersey or two. 
Um, I even noticed one person got the 2023 edition of the Mystics Black Revel jerseys, but with um, McCray Penson's name and number on the back, which um, seemed particularly sweet. Um, you know, they were they were um, respectfully cheering. You know, I, I don't think they were like uh, they weren't ear splitting, but they were very reverent, let's say, um, you know, as the banner came down and. Uh, you know, the crowd rose to its feet and it wasn't it wasn't deafening, but it was they they understood the magnitude of the moment and they understood this this bittersweet uh, feeling. You know, they're they're only inductee this year as someone who is who is not able to be there. Um, and, you know, it was, it was I, I think everyone in the arena was was very touched by the ceremony. And what legacy do you believe that McCray Penson left not only on the Mystics organization, um, as we saw Sunday afternoon, but women's basketball, the women's basketball world as a whole? Yeah. So, so briefly with the Mystics, and then branching out, you know, with the Mystics, she was on the Mystics' first team ever. Um, she was one of those uh, first players in DC. Um, that era of team, you know, they weren't the best on the court, but they captured the fans' hearts, and a lot of the current season ticket holders, um, you know, have been season ticket holders for a long time. Some of them saw McCray Penson play, and they're still they're still here, and they remember her, and, and those early years really hold a special place in fans' hearts even today. Um, so there is that enduring impact of, of just the memory of seeing how she played, which was, um, you know, really hard-nosed um, and just full of energy. So... And then, you know, on the game as a whole, she was part of that 1996 Olympic team that really kind of captivated a nation, um, you know, in some ways led to the birth of the WNBA or helped it at least get off the ground on sure footing, um, you know, and, and after she retired, she went into coaching and was helping to build up the next the next generation of players. She won a national title as an assistant coach at South Carolina. She's, she's just been all over the landscape. Um, you know, Eric Tebow, the team's current head coach, talked about this pregame, too, even saying, um, you know, my career would look a heck of a lot different if McCray Penson and her contemporaries hadn't been so dedicated to making the WNBA a success. Um, so, you know, it, it's hard to overstate what she what she did for the game. And, um, you know, Mike Tebow, too, talked about how how sad it is that her um, career got cut short um, by breast cancer because, uh, she was on the way to being a coaching star in addition to the, the playing star she had been. Thank you for such a, uh, a detailed breakdown of, of that. For anyone who wasn't watching uh, the ceremony, if you can go find it, I highly recommend it. Um, but Jen will also be publishing a piece uh, with Sights and Sounds, which she always does so well uh, from that ceremony as well. Um, coming up next, Jen will break down which injured players from the Mystics have returned and what impact they've been able to make so far. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Summer is here, so it's time to pull your Bird Dogs out of your closet. Bird Dogs are a stretch khaki short that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg and give you a truly sculpted look. They do all the same things as Lululemon shorts, but fit even better. They also fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing a cloud knit fabric that looks like khaki, but stretches, so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Even better, Bird Dogs uses anti-stink, sweat-wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long, which is so important, especially in the warm summer months that we're in the middle of. 
Bird dogs are so great. I've bought them for my fiance, my brothers, my dad. They all love them and say they're much more comfortable than stiff cotton shorts or pants. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA or enter promo code locked on NBA for a free white tech hat. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NBA or promo code locked on NBA for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Thanks for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen every day. Every day or stay tuned this week for more from me. Can you quickly recap, Jen? Uh, well, quickly might be a bit difficult. The last two months of injuries for the Mystics. I will do my best. So this whole saga started in late June uh, when Christy Tolliver was shut down due to plantar fasciitis in her right foot. Um, and then about five days later, Shakira Austin suffered a hip injury, a hip strain, um, late in a loss to the New York Liberty. Um, so those were kind of the first two dominoes to fall. Um, then five days after that, so now we're on June 30th, um, Elena Deladon sprains her ankle uh, literally in the last 30 seconds uh, of a game against the Atlanta Dream. Uh, she's out for about a week, comes back uh, and re-sprains it within the first half of play. Um, and then a game after that on July 11th, Ariel Atkins also went down with an ankle sprain. So if you caught all that, that's roughly a three week span where four players, um, went down with injuries and three of those are our regular mystic starters. Uh, and one of them is the two time league MVP. So, um, that was quite rough and, and they were all out until just recently, um, starting to come back on August 13th. So that's a month where the mystics had, uh, several hardship players coming in. Um, needed players like the aforementioned Cloud and Sykes to step up, and and we're just you know kind of kind of trying to hang in there. So before we get back or we go to uh, what impact they've had in their return, you know, how did those injured players continue to impact the team while not on the court? Yeah, you know, just their presence and their leadership. All of them are leaders in different ways. Christy Tolliver is literally an NBA assistant coach. Um, so even when she can't play, she is a huge um, voice for them on the bench. So is Elena Deladon. So is Ariel Atkins. Um, and, you know, just their presence when they could even be at practice and just shoot, you know, the mood sometimes felt lighter when they started traveling on road trips, even when they couldn't play. Uh, the Mystics talked about how refreshing it was to have a big travel party again. Um, so just their presence, being able to point things out to a teammate or, or say things, say the same thing that the coach is saying, but in a teammate way um can't can't be overstated um and so as we stand now uh gearing up for the end of august uh, with a couple weeks left in the regular season who has returned yeah so it kind of depends on how you define returned um it depends whether you say returned at all are are still playing so uh, I'll try to describe this briefly as well. So uh, Shakira Austin is the first to come back on August 13th. Um, and then Ariel Atkins and Elena Deladon returned a game later um, last Friday, August 19th. Uh, the issue there is that uh, Elena Deladon suffered a, a, a hip injury. Um, it just It was something that Eric Thibault said had um, kind of cropped up while she was rehabbing her ankle, but had been under control enough for her to play. And she just kind of irritated it when she came to a stop at some point in the first half of that Indiana game. 
um, and they just shut her down at halftime, um, you know, out of an abundance of caution. And she missed uh, Sunday's game, but is uh, questionable for tomorrow's game Tuesday against the Connecticut Sun at home. So she is kind of, uh, you know, we, we don't have a firm timeline on her and, and when she might play. So she is her 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 prognosis is kind of cloudy at the moment, but the ankle is good to go. Um, it's just a matter of how that hip feels and how it's healing. Um, Eric Thibault did say it is nowhere near as severe as Shakira Austin's hip, um, which should be uh, some relief for Mystics fans. Um, and Shakira Austin uh, played in two games and, and missed Sunday's game in what they're calling return to play protocols. So for Mystics fans who were around last year and saw how the team managed Elena Deladon um, returning from back surgery, um, it, it's kind of a similar feel. The Mystics have looked at the schedule and mapped out uh, when Shakira uh, is best suited to play and when she should probably take a rest day to avoid overtaxing herself. Um, so she missed Sunday for that reason, but is probable to go on Tuesday. Um, and then Ariel Atkins has been off the injury report um, Sunday and then again for tomorrow's game um, and is, you know, working herself back into rhythm. But um, appears to be good to go with that ankle. No, no concerns at this time. Um, so when they've been on the court, what has their impact been and how have the Mystics look uh, reintegrating so many key pieces? Yeah, so that's the major challenge for them right now is, you know, they, they kind of adopted a new style of play with those players out. They played faster. Um, they kind of had to, you know, they relied more on their guards, uh, Sykes and Cloud in particular. Um, you know, Tiana Hawkins stepped up in the front court. Um, and now they're having to figure out, you know, how can we make sure that we get Elena touches, but don't completely slow down our offense to do it because they do like playing fast when they can. Um, you know, how do they um, keep sharing the ball, but make sure that players like Shatori Walker Kimbrough and Maisha Heinz Allen and Lee Mung um, continue to stay aggressive just as they were with those three starters out. So it's a process. Um, you know, all three players have looked to varying degrees of rusty coming back in, which if they didn't, um, they'd probably be robots. Um, that's to be expected. And, you know, as you see them play, they, they get more and more comfortable. You know, Shakira looked more comfortable in her second game than she did in her first and said as much in her post-game media availability. Um, Ariel Atkins looked much more comfortable on Sunday than she did on Friday. She had, she had I think it was 12 points in 17 minutes um, on Sunday. So, um, you know, they're all still under minutes restrictions. We, we don't know exactly what those numbers are, but they are going to be limited for a while as they work their way back in. And, you know, hopefully those minutes restrictions continue to rise as their comfort rises, um, you know, and they, and they get that rhythm. And by the time that the playoffs come around, uh, they're kind of all cohesive again and, and comfortable in, in the fully healthy version of the Mystics. And hopefully that includes Christy Tolliver as well. But, you know, it's kind of interesting. They're in this, like, almost preseason like mode where everyone's still kind of figuring out how to play with each other again um, because it's been like a whole season or you got some new pieces in free agency but instead the mystics just took like six weeks away from some of their best players and are now uh remembering how to do it you know Brittany sykes shared a, a kind of funny story um after shakira austin's first came back um you know, I noticed that that those two were really talking kind of animatedly after a couple stoppages and so i asked uh, Brittany, you know, what were, what were you guys talking about? And, and she admitted essentially that, that Shakira had called out some defensive coverages um, as the post player behind uh, Brittany Sykes. And uh, Sykes kind of just shrugged her off and was like, nah, I'm not doing that. 
um, because she uh, wasn't used to playing with the with you know Shakira Austin, who is an elite defensive player in only her second year in the league. Um, she like wasn't used to playing with Shakira behind her anymore, and um, playing with Shakira behind her makes her do different things than when she doesn't have that elite shot blocker, rim protector, um, mobile big behind her. So uh, Shakira kind of called her on it and was like, hey, you got to listen to me. Like, I, I got you. Um, and Brittany was like, okay, like, I got it. I'll, I'll readjust. So that was just like one example of how they're, they're figuring each other out in real time again. And how have the injuries impacted the course of the season? I know our Lucas Seehofer has an injury tracker that has provided invaluable information throughout the season. Yeah, goodness. Um, it, you can't really overstate how big these injuries have been. You know, the players and coaching staff um, like to make a point of saying that the injuries aren't an excuse. Um, they think that they have enough talent to be winning games even without three starters. But let's face it, that is a, a hard ask for any team in the league to be down three starters and be successful. Um, and Lucas's data bears that out. The Mystics have lost 7.9 win shares due to injury, which is essentially like estimated wins if we simplify it, um, you know, a, a great deal. Um, that is far and away the most in the league. Um, and that's through today, Monday. Um, uh, and so, and the next closest team is the Chicago Sky at 4.7 win shares. So 7.9 to 4.7. It's it, Injuries have been huge for the Mystics and not in a good way. Um, they're 15 and 17 right now. In the preseason, they were projected to be one of the top teams in the league. Um, they're not quite there yet. And I think uh, injuries are a huge reason why, you know, if, if they were healthy, I, I think it's, I, I think it's pretty indisputable that they would be above 500 and in, in much better playoff position, but so it goes. Well, that leads us right into the next segment where we'll be talking about the Mystics playoff hopes, uh, where they stand now, as well as Ariel Atkins recent contract extension. So as you just uh, talked about Mystics playoff positioning, they're three and seven in their last 10 games, but they remain in seventh place uh, and still within playoff contention with eight games left to play. With the team's remaining schedule, do you think the playoffs are still um, in the in the cards for the team? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I, I think they're going to figure it out. I mean, getting players back, yeah, it's it's hard to reacclimate them, but it's harder to be without them the rest of the year. You know, the Mystics love this problem compared to the alternative. Um, so I, I think you'll see as, as in particular, Shakira and Ariel continue to get comfortable and we'll see what happens with Elena and Christy. Um, you know, I think they're going to start start getting more results, start getting more consistent, especially on the defensive end where they were elite early in the season before all the injuries and, and have been, let's say, not elite um, with the injuries. Yes, if I do remember correctly, uh, you wrote about the defense and provided some statistics uh, along those lines a few weeks ago. So, Jen, what needs to happen for the Mystics to make the playoffs? Number one, they got to be healthy. And number two, they, they have to find that cohesion um, that I was talking about. Um, you know, you, you want to go into playoffs playing your best basketball. That's something that uh, Mike Tebow said for years and years when he was the team's head coach. And Eric Tebow, his son, uh, continues to repeat it this year in his first year as head coach. I mean, what a year for a first-year head coach, right? But that's a, 
that's a whole nother story. But, um, you know, the Mystics have to have to really use these last eight games, not only to get results, but to uh, get the team feeling confident and connected going into the playoffs so that they can, um, you know, perform, uh, perform in a first round playoff series and, and hopefully get, you know, a more advantageous seed for them rather than, you know, stumbling in as the seven seed or the eight seed, um, not feeling confident in who they are and, and potentially having to go cross country to a Las Vegas or, or play another really elite team in New York. And uh, as we talked about um, in the last segment, how do the players returning from injury help this plan? In every way possible. Um, you know, uh, all of them are, are top level scorers. Uh, you know, I think I saw a stat, I don't know the exact number, but something like the 400 players combined for like 40 points a game. That, uh, that's insane. Um, you know, Shakira Austin and Ariel Atkins are also elite defenders and Elena Deladon is an underrated defender. Um, so really they, they impact everything. And then they have the leadership, you know, um, I, I think one thing that's kind of flown under the radar is, um, you know, with Elena and Ariel out, you lose two of your most steadying presences on the court. And uh, Natasha Cloud and Brittany Sykes have talked at length about this. Um, those two are kind of the, the firecrackers, to use their term, of the team. And they've had to be really conscious about their body language and not being too firecrackery, if that's a word. Um, because sometimes, also in their words, it can make the whole team crazy. So they, ha- they have had to like try to modulate themselves to make up for the loss of leaders like Elena and Ariel, who are those naturally studying presences and kind of counteract the more like high energy um, players that they do have. So I think, you know, getting them back is, is going to be is going to be huge. I mean, Natasha Cloud even said it the other day. Um, she was like, man, I have really missed being able to just yell Kira when I get beat on defense and have her like come over and help or block the shot. So, um, you know, they're 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 thrilled to have have all those players back and even even if it's unsteady, even if, you know, Shakira's resting a little bit or we don't quite know whether Elaine is in and out, um, you know, they'll take, they'll take 50% availability. They'll take 20% rusty. Um, they'll, they'll take whatever they can get because those players are, are so impactful individually and as a group. And looking further ahead, even past the playoffs, last week, Ariel Atkins uh, received or signed a contract extension uh, why was this the right move for the Mystics, um, even as Atkins is just returning from an ankle injury? Yeah, so first of all, on the injury front, um, this is Atkins' first serious injury in in six years with the Mystics. So she is one of the most durable and reliable players that they have. So um, the timing, I think, is, is probably coincidental, other than uh, perhaps she had more time to think about an extension while she wasn't playing. I, I'm not sure on that, but it could be connected in that way. Um, but I don't think, you know, the ankle injury even crossed their mind when they were thinking about whether or not to extend her. She's been um, reliable um, and, and frankly, elite um, throughout her career in Washington. So, um, you know, she spent her whole career in Washington. She wanted to stay. Mystics wanted her to stay. Um, she is a top player in the league on both ends. She has uh, been named to an all-defensive team every single season she's been in the league. She's, she's the first player ever to do that in her first five seasons in the league. And she could get another one this year, though, though that stint on the injury list might end up costing her in those end of year awards votings. Um, she's also really talented offensively. She's the Mystics franchise leader in career three pointers made. She actually set that record 
um, the same day as she sprained her ankle. So like talk about double-edged sword right there. Um, you know, she's just, she's just a studying presence, a talented player on both ends. Um, I talked about her leadership and then just, you know, the culture piece she is in every day, in every way, she is a foundational piece for, for the mystics. Um, and you know, they wanted to, to continue to build around her. And I don't say that in a way that implies that they don't want to build around anybody else. Um, you know, they they signed her to a number that's slightly less than the um, regular maximum contract for next year, um, which may be a bargain, considering that I think another team would probably have been willing to give her a regular max. Um, and it also still gives them options um, with Elena Deladon and Natasha Cloud being free agents. Um, the Mystics can still afford to pay those two um, and also got Atkins done and can now, you know, focus on those other two. Um, which is probably good for like, you know, uh, Mike Tebow's head not exploding in free agency um, with three of your stars being free agents at the same time. So in short, there's um, there's really no reason I can think of uh, from the Mystic side that you would not want to do this extension. Um, it is as close to a no-brainer as I can think of. And it is, uh, for, it is two years and 200,000 uh, per year uh, guaranteed for, for those who hadn't seen. Um. Thank you for all of your invaluable insights on such a range of topics today uh, and for bearing with me as I once again throw a, a wide variety of topics at you. Um, you know, what are you working on now? I'm, I'm sure there's quite a few stories uh, in your queue. Yeah, I am always working on a wide variety of things. So always happy to talk about a wide variety of things. Um, as you mentioned earlier, I'll have something out shortly on the Mystics Hall of Fame ceremony. Um, I'm also working on on more about how the Mystics are reintegrating these injured stars as they get healthy. Um, so look for that soonish. And then, um, you know, for all the folks who follow me for Ivy League content, uh, you can expect something probably in, in early September once a certain team uh, does a certain summer adventure. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jen. Where can the people find you and your work? Yeah, so I'm on uh, Twitter, which is now actually called X, if you believe Elon Musk. Um, you can find me there at Jen Hadfield one uh, That's Jen with two Ns. Um, and yeah, that, there. And then uh, thenexthoops.com, of course, for all of, all of your WNBA and women's basketball needs. Thanks for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen every day. Every dayers, make sure to tune in this week for more from me, including a special recap of the 1976 Olympic team's induction into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame uh, with one of the members of that team, Gail Marquis.